0: You think. Welcome to the iWork Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Now we have a very special show here on Memorial Day Uh, It's a special day I have the preeminent radio talk show host from WTIS I have Pete O'Shea I know, it's unbelievable Pete O'Shea on the show today And also Pastor Fred Hinton from the Pastor to Pastor Show I got them both in studio with me today I don't even know how I deserve this privilege But today I've got the driving mic But I know I'm having a hard time controlling these two It's going to be incredible But thank you both for being on the show today Thanks for having us, Jim We're really glad to be here well, it's it's freaking me out. Fred, I'm glad you're here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thanks, <laughs> it, thanks, you know, thanks. It, Jim. it is
0: I'm Memorial on. Day, and I want to make sure that we at least talk about the fact that, you know, as Memorial Day, uh, it, it is a day to remember those that have sacrificed their lives for our country uh, from all of the wars. And we're so grateful because we live in an incredible country that is, th- there are no other countries like ours. And we're so grateful. And, and for those of you that have family members that have sacrificed for our country, we are grateful. And our hats are off to you. And enjoy this day today. You know, it is it is a day for us. uh, The great part of us. It's usually a day with barbecues, is sitting by the pool. And I just I hope that you're getting some time with family to appreciate those that you love. You know, I've got a lot of advertisers on my show, and I and I just want to make sure that you know that by day I work for Platinum Information Services. It's one of those things I work with small businesses helping them find that IT service that helps them make their lives easier. And I network all day long. And the advertisers on this show are people that I refer to on a day-to-day basis. They're people I know, they're people I love, and they're people I trust. And so pay attention to the ads. It's a little these people are making an impact on the community as well, and, and I just pay attention to those ads. I know I do a lot of the ads, but listen to the words, because they're from my heart. I really, really love these people. All right, so today we're going to talk about what's my calling can my job even be my calling and, and it's really kind of a follow-up to the show we did on april 29th which was about the difference between having a sacred versus secular job you know and a lot of people try to compartmentalize pete and fred and they try to say okay well i've got my i've got my sacred job and, and I, those are the pastors and the missionaries and, and i got the secular job those are the people doing business so they're working in restaurants or whatever and and i'm telling you i don't think the scriptures support that i think the scriptures speak specifically uh, opposite of that, because we got examples of people that were in business and were also preachers. We got Paul, Paul the Apostle. Paul was a Pharisee, yes, but he was also a tent maker, and he was also arguing with uh, arguing in, fa- in favor of Jesus on this at the synagogue on the Sabbath. We got Abraham, he was a shepherd and a fantastic business guy. You got Moses, who was, uh, well, he was a rich kid in the, in the kingdom, and then he became a shepherd, and then all of a sudden he got the job at 80. He got his first real job at 80. You got the 12 disciples, they were fishermen, they were tax collectors. So these people were called by Jesus. And I want to talk today, I want to talk about recognizing our job as our calling. You know, we're not all called to be pastors We're not all called to be missionaries, but we are all called to be a light wherever we are. What what do you guys think about that?
2: Everybody is called. Uh, God calls each and every one of us for a divine purpose. They're they're intertwined. These purposes are meant to go together. We're meant to help each other, meant to be there for each other. And, And so when we resist God's call, we find ourselves away from the plan he had for us. We can easily come back if you just open your heart fully. Like, I know that you do, and I know Fred does, and so many people that we know in the ministry work they're in. They all have open hearts. They all understand that God is calling them. Your calling is who you are, essentially, at first. It's not necessarily, like you said, you can't compartmentalize. It's what I do for a living, and then this is my hobby, and this is my family, and this is my that. No, 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 Your calling is who you are as a person all the time. And then how it affects your world is how you choose to bring
0: Christ into it. But, you know, it it is a... Uh, It's an amazing thing, because the calling, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, you know, people, when when they were called, they were called into full-time Christian ministry. Well, I I always thought that meant, hey, I'm being called to be a pastor like you, Pastor Fred. But yet, that's not the case in in your life. You're a pastor, but you also do all kinds of other
1: stuff. I think, first off, we have to divine calling and understand that that's your divine purpose to advance the kingdom. If you're able to, God allows you to make sure your calling into your vocation or your work that's a plus but we all have a a calling to advance the kingdom of God and so we first have to understand what did God got that talent that God give you to advance the kingdom and once again like I said if you're able to allow that to utilize into to your vacation to work. And that's where a lot of people get it all mixed up Mm -hmm. where they think that, okay, I'm not a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. I don't have a calling, but we all have a calling and your calling is attached to what God called you to do. Your vacation is your work, what you do for a living. You you follow me there?
2: Well, you both make good points. You said, again, that you have to compartmentalize when you do everything. And you said, again, it's the gift that he gave you. So it could be that it's your hobby that's still your calling, okay? You sing in a choir on the weekend or you you mentor somebody. That's your calling. It doesn't necessarily have to be your profession, but for some
0: people who are really lucky, it is. Well and, and, I, and I think I didn't say we had to be compartmentalized. I think that's a big no, I'm danger. saying people are yeah yeah people are, it's dangerous that they compartmentalize because they, they, they sector off their life. Sometimes they' they're saying okay my Christian walk is on Sunday but I, on Monday I'm a different person and, and that's not who Christ called us to be. You know when we look at the 12 disciples and we look at Paul the Apostle and even Abraham and Moses were they called out
1: of their job to go do ministry? But you also got to look at that, when God utilized you in your vacation of your job, he's He's preparing you for your calling. Because if you look at different things they were doing prior to God called him, he just took that and utilized it to push the kingdom as well.
2: I believe every moment of your life is a training course that God has you on for whatever your final vocation might wind up being. And you have a series of vocations through your lives that are all, in some way, like you said, intertwined. They don't seem to make sense on the surface, how this went to this to this. But each of them teaches you something that gets you ready uh, for that eventual calling and vocation that you can put together where you're really in God's full focus.
0: All right, so listen, Pete and Fred, you know, we, we talk about Paul the Apostle. Paul was called on the road to Damascus. You know, he, he was going there to kill Christians, and on his way there, Jesus met him on the road and said, no, Paul, I've got a different job for you. I've got a different call. I want you to go to Damascus, but what, when you get there, I'm going to tell you about your new calling. What, but when Paul was called, was he called out of his tent making? That was his career. Was he called out of that in order to do his calling, or was that part of it? No, it's part of it.
2: Okay, you can't you can't separate who you are. You are what you were made to be. So yes, he he continued making tents after he was called. He had to make a living. He had to be able to eat, right? And, and we can't all be the luxury of Fred Pinn and get to be you know the big giant pastor who who gets to uh, you know get paid to to, to to preach like Fred does, you know, which he just does it so well. That's why. Uh, but the the uh, Paul is somebody I really uh, have an affinity to myself. I, I I my my story is very much like his, and I understand what he went through and you have to when your eyes get reopened again like paul's were, you have to then put the blinders on and say okay i'm going to go wherever the lord takes me at every moment and if that means i'm making tents today and tomorrow i'm doing this and then the next day i get to speak in front of a thousand people all of that comes with the glory of god the good and everything in between you can't just expect it all to be uh glory and sunshine like it is for you you know
1: (laughs) yeah glory and sunshine fred what about you i think let's just look at that okay Paul was a tent maker. What did he do? He built things. God took him from um, as well as building tents to help what, build lives. Jesus, carpenter, what does that does? What does a carpenter do? Build up, remodel, tear down. What does Jesus do in our lives? Build up, tear down, all those things in our lives. What did he say to Peter? I'm going to make you what? A fisherman among men. So he took his his vocation and he also said, you're going to be able to utilize it to advance the kingdom. That's right. And that's the same thing what we have to do. You may you may not be a pastor, you may not be an evangelist, but you still have a calling because God told us all to do what? Go out and witness. So whatever you do, you have to utilize that as your platform, your pulpit to bring Christ into different Things. well let me
2: say something about both of you guys you both had professions going you were doing a lot but you're also involved heavily in ministry in one way or the other you've now brought it here to the wtis airwaves you're both doing an amazing job i work for him and pastor pastor two terrific radio shows that are now ministering on a bigger and a wider basis okay it's expanded your calling but it hasn't changed your original who you both are it's actually enhanced who you both are and we're all the better for it
1: and one, one more thing i want to add one more thing there look at moses he was doing what? I went to high with, school with, with with sheep. He he was with sheep. And what did Jesus tell Peter? Feed my sheep. So what he was doing was what? He was preparing him for his calling by dealing with what? Dumb sheep. And what does Jesus refer to us to in the Bible? Sheep. So everything, like you said before, Pete, everything that we go through in life, the good, the bad, the ugly, God will utilize for our callings.
2: That's huh? us three right here. The good, the bad, and I'm the ugly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think when you look at, and you look at the life of Moses, you look at any of the guys, including the, the disciples, you know, God took them from where they were and utilized the skills that they had and then refined them little by little. I mean, Moses spent the first 40 years of his life in the palace, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and being part of the Egyptian dynasty. And he was being taught incredible things, which the next 40 years he didn't use the next 40 years he learned how to be at peace with the lord he learned how to walk with the lord and then finally he got the job where he then led the sheep but they happened to be people and he got to use his organizational skills his management skills i mean he, god put him in but he still was i mean moses was you know the best friend of god but yet he was using his business skills every day and managing two million people walking through the desert
2: well, because he, he answered a, an ad on career builder. That's what happened at the end of it, later <laughs> on in his career. No, but you know what you're saying before. It, it, so many people say to us, all of us, I know to each of us, "Oh, I can't do what you guys are doing. I don't have the skills for that. I, I don't have it. Doesn't you don't need the skills for it. you? Just need the heart. The skills will be will be nurtured in you. God will take you and lift you up to heights you can't possibly imagine." You now, people sometimes say to me, "Pete, you go on for an hour twice a day and you say things real quick. You don't have anything written down. How did you come up with that?" I'm not doing it. There's no way I'm doing it. At that that point, I'm literally being channelled by the Holy Spirit, and God is working through me. Okay, and that's what everybody needs to understand. He didn't pick the 12 brightest guys in the room, right? No, he didn't. No, he didn't no. pick the 12 <laughs> no, best no, no. guys he, around. Okay, he picked 12 willing guys. Yeah, 12 willing guys, and he did the rest. Okay, right. so if your heart is willing, the rest will come.
0: Okay. All right, well, let's take it. Let's just take it a step back because I think there's a lot of confusion out there about what does it mean to be a Christian, and I, I don't even like using the word anymore because it, it, there's so much. Around it, people don't even understand what it means. I really like to start using the term Christ follower, and what does it really mean to be a Christ follower? Because, to me, if somebody's going to claim to be a Christian, I'm looking for the fruit of change. I'm looking for the fruit of what what's what's the transformational work that Christ has done in your life, and and how's it how am I seeing it? What, what's going on? And that's why I like to refer to myself as a Christ follower. I'm under construction, but when you're a Christ follower, you know, and and when you r- ramp that back to calling. You know, do you have a choice to allow Christ to impact your workplace or impact not impact your workplace
2: you don't have a choice if you're a real christian if you're a follower of christ then it's incumbent upon you to live a christ-like life in everything you do you need to be a role model uh, or an emulator of jesus christ in every minute of your day every time you change roles and you put a different hat on you're still a christ follower that doesn't change and so if you keep that thread as the common one when everything that you're doing you'll grow and advance and be the person you're meant to be in his divine destiny
1: Well, one thing that we always have to keep in mind that God didn't, uh... He didn't equip. He, he qualified the call, and you just walk in the call. And us being Christ like, it's kind of like burning CDs. You have the uh, the original, and then you burn what's on the original CD into the burned CDs. And that's how your same thing you're saying. We are made to be Christ like, and as we continue to walk, He burns that image in our lives.
0: Well, and I, you know, the question or that I the thing I struggle with a lot is that Christians again they compartmentalize and they say, "Well, I'm okay, I'm good at Lord. He can be the Lord of this part of my life, this part of my life." But my, my, I'm going down with if he's not Lord of all your life, he's not Lord at all. That's right. Because you're, you're kicking him out of certain spots. you know. And just beca- if you're a Christ follower, does that mean you automatically have a calling? Yes, I think
2: so. I think it does. I think it means that automatically you're being called to serve. You're being called to evangelize. You're being called to advance the kingdom, as Fred said earlier.
0: I have in the studio today on Memorial Day, I have Pete O'Shea. That's right. I have Pete O'Shea on my show. I have Pastor Fred Hinton. It's unbelievable. We're having a great discussion about your calling. Is your job your calling? All right, Pete, Fred, back to the question that I asked right before the break, and I apologize, Fred, for cutting you off. What does it mean to have a calling?
1: Your calling is your God-given purpose for being, for, for advancing the kingdom. Um, we can go back, like we were talking about on the break, is just as simple as Adam. You know, Adam was to fellowship with, uh, with God, and his job was to cultivate the garden. You know, so God can give you both. We just happen to be, um, you know, blessed enough to allow our calling also to go into our vacation that we can feed our families.
2: It's about having that open heart and that de- each time you advance your own relationship with, with the Lord, you'll see more and more opportunities to serve. Okay? Can those opportunities to serve turn into a career? Yes, they can. All right. It's never going to happen overnight, and it's never going to happen at the pace you want. And it also is about this. You know, uh, you have to really be that blind obedience to God. That blind obedience is not easy. You got to put your shoulder into it. You were talking about Christianity or being a Christ follower. It's a little bit of work from time to time. All right. There's a little bit of work involved. <laughs> yes, there, it is. Okay. It's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. You got to put your shoulder into it.
0: All right, but how do we get that call? I mean, God doesn't pick up the phone. And well, Fred, Pastor Fred carries two cell phones everywhere he goes. You know, is God calling one of those cell phones and giving you your call? Or, he calls or himself d- sometimes from one phone to the other, <laughs> so that they're both busy. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, and Pete's got a phone from 1940. I, 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 I do. think cell phones were first developed right after Al Gore, inter, uh, in, <laughs> right in after in he in set up the internet. Then Pete bought a cell phone for the cell phone I industry. I have two
2: cans in a string, actually. Yeah,
0: it's it's pretty amazing, and they're yeah. both Campbell's soup cans. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. With the print on the message. That's Still right. There, yeah. All right, but how do we get that calling? How do we know
2: what our calling is? Well, That's an excellent question. Let me tell you this from my own—I tell you from my own personal experience. For the longest time, not only did I resist the calling that God had for me, I actually challenged it with Him. No, no, no. You don't want me. How could you possibly want me to be a youth minister and a Christian talk show host? How, why would you want me to do that? I'm—I'm a, I'm a comedian. I'm having fun. I'm self-contained. I'm in my own little world. Why do you want me? And I don't want to do it. I don't. I want to do what you're asking me to do, and for many years I struggled with that. And God was always calling me to do what I currently do now. I could have been doing this 10 years ago, but I was fighting God. I was literally saying to him, I don't want to be what you want me to be. I heard his call very succinctly, all right? in a vision, uh, you hear it in your dreams, you hear it when you're praying. When you're quiet and you literally just sit there and there's nothing else around you and you ain't got your four cell phones going or the internet or all this <laughs> other stuff happening and you can just have quiet time with God, he will speak to you. And he spoke to me all the time and I spoke back to him out loud where people thought I was, well people do think I'm crazy, but there was another reason that people thought I was crazy was this. And I I would say to him no I don't want I finally gave up that resistance and now I hear that calling every day he speaks to me all the time all the time last night National Night of Prayer I'm on the infield there and there was a moment where it was just really quiet even though there were a thousand people in the audience he spoke to me I heard his voice very clearly Telling me what I'm supposed to do next with this calling. Where am I going with this? And I just go wherever he takes me. You got to pedal the bike, but let him do the steering.
0: No, that's awesome. I think when I was doing the the prep work for this show, I was reading a couple things, and really as Christians, we have two callings. You know, the primary calling is for us to follow Christ. And the secondary call is to, it's to follow Christ where we're at. I mean, I think a lot of people get confused when we get a call from God. We think that we got to go do something. We got to go somewhere else that, you know, that, that it's for, or that it's for the future, that it's not for now, that that, that we shouldn't, um, you know, that we're, that we're getting prepped now. We don't really need to make an impact right where we are, that we can just wait. You know, when, when I gave my life to Christ, I was 13 years old and I felt called to full-time Christian ministry. Well, I'm thinking, okay, well, after I get out of high school, I'll go to college, and then I'll go to seminary, and then eventually I'll be a youth pastor. Well, I never got to be a youth pastor like you, Pete. Uh, At 16, my youth pastor got uh, let go, and and my wife and I, we weren't married then, but we were friends. We started leading the youth group. I was 16 years old. So I learned at a very young age that I could be a full-time ministry, and it had nothing to do with getting paid.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, again, you gotta really want it. That's what I'm talking about. It's not a. It's not a, You're not gonna get into ministry world for the money. Okay, if you're looking to do, mo- if you're looking to make have big money, have you seen money-
1: Pastor Fred's car?
2: I've seen Pastor Fred's car, but that's because he's
1: also a model. You know, <laughs> one of the things that I understand about our calling is it's something that's it's a passion in the inside. It's something that you'll be willing to do for free, and a lot of times your, your calling is something that you'll say I'm not doing it anymore, and you'll find yourself doing it. And while you're doing it, it comes very natural to us. Um, like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan can't explain a lot of the moves that he did while he was playing basketball, but he was able to do it. And he was able to do it very successful, and that's the same thing about our calling. And uh, and like how you said, Jim, sometimes God has to prepare you for your calling. Sometimes you may start your calling overnight. Sometimes God has to take you through some things to help you develop your calling. But that anointing that He puts over your life is going to protect you. Is going to give you provision. Is, is going to His presence is going to be there, and everything you're going to need for that calling, He's going to equip you with.
2: You said it right too. It's something you got to be willing to do for free. If you I, I performed in front of 8,000 people doing comedy, okay? And they all laughed at the same time. The collective breath knocked you backwards. I thought at that point there was no better feeling in the world. The adrenaline rush lasted for 24 hours, okay? I, I didn't think there was a way to make anything. Now, as a youth minister, if I help one kid walk back towards Christ... It's a 10 times better feeling, and it's much more sustainable. When I give a talk now at a retreat, and I see them connect to the gospel because of something I said, or on the radio every day, A.M. Inspiration at 7, or the Pete O'Shea Show at 11, twice a day, I get to do a whole hour in the air here. I know some each day... In both shows somebody's walking from the darkness back into the light. that is far more exciting to me, far more fulfilling and satisfying than stand-up comedy ever was. I've really found what I'd be willing to do for free, although you didn't hear that anybody I didn't say that.
0: <laughs> okay so but both of you are, are, are in full- time. Well, you're both in ministry, all right you're, bo- you're both pastors, you're the pizza youth pastor Fred's a senior pastor. Well, how, did,
1: how did that calling work for you? Well one thing you got to understand about your calling as well and I go into it is your calling is about serving others. In my house, I have a refrigerator, but the milk that it keeps cold, the refrigerator doesn't drink. My stove cooks the food, but it doesn't eat the food. And that's the same thing about your calling. Now you make me hungry. It's all about serving others. But the way I got into my calling was I was feeding the homeless down at Williams Park. For I did it for like three years, and they were like, pastor, pastor. I'm like, hey, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a pastor. And I ran from it for a significant amount of time, and then I just started going to church and I surrendered
0: so a question so if you're going to be called how does how does the spiritual gift fit into that? you know I, I once heard that um God will call you and then he'll equip you he equips the called mm-hmm. a lot of times people say, well God will call the equipped, but I mean which way did it work for you Pete
2: no he equipped he he definitely equipped me after he called me okay you you're all scared to start doing it i know when i when i transferred my life over to him i said well, i don't know how i'm going to be able to do this I don't, I don't think i'm capable of it and he kept whispering in my ear i'm going to make you capable just follow just keep going all right so year one is a youth minister compared to now i'm just about to start year seven i can guarantee you i'm a much better youth minister today than i was at the beginning i had no idea what i was doing at first okay and now i'm talking at retreats and and doing this on the radio Everything is about an evolution and about confidence. And you're going to get that confidence and you're going to get that evolution through your relationship with the Lord. It's really about total surrender, total surrender over to him.
0: Well, and I got to tell you, I'm sitting here behind this microphone. I don't feel like I was equipped for this beforehand. I'm feeling, uh, okay, I got called. But I wasn't equipped, and God's been working on that call for me for many, many years to talk about Christians in business and challenging them to a deeper, transformational relationship with Christ and how it would affect their workplace. But boy, I never anticipated being on a being on a radio microphone.
2: But you know what, though, you're exactly right. I never anticipated I'd be a youth minister. Fred, you probably didn't think you'd be a pastor a couple years ago. Well, you don't anticipate these things. You can't possibly, because God's permutations, his understanding of this is much wider, much bigger than ours, okay? We're a 5,000-piece puzzle, right? And at the end of your life. And if you put it all together, it looks like a nice picture. But the world is millions and millions and millions of 5,000-piece puzzles, and only he could figure all that out. How you're going to wind up fitting into that is his amazing grace.
0: Okay, in the studio today, I have Pete O'Shea. That's right, Pete O'Shea from Inspiration AM, and also from the Pete O'Shea Show, and also from H2O, Humor to Outreach, and also, and also, and also, and I also have Pastor Fred Hinton. He has got the Pastor to Pastor Show on Saturday mornings i got them both in here. These guys are training me up on how to be a good radio show, talk show host. I don't know how they're doing so far, but we're talking about calling. All right, guys, we ended the, the, the last segment with, isn't the question we struggle with, what do I want to do with my life versus what does God want me to do with my life?
1: Go ahead, Fred. Oh, well, first off, you, your room, your, uh, your gifts make room for you. So if you allow God to guide your steps and, and, and control you, basically be God's puppet. And then at that point, when God does lead you towards your your job, you're not at one of those jobs where I don't want to be there. Because you know that you are the light, you are the beacon, and that's where God wants you to be. So many of us are working jobs where we don't want to be, but we need that income. But if you allow God to utilize you and guide your steps on everything you do, lean not on your own understanding, you won't have those problems.
2: You also, sometimes, you know, a lot of people who work in a job they don't particularly like, and neither does anybody else that's working there. At that point, it's still up to you to be that beacon of light, okay? And keep everybody else's spirit up, keep everybody's morale up, keep everybody understanding the importance and the value of that job and how much it means to the community. And that's important. Those are important things to have. We have to, in the end, follow what God is saying, but so many people don't. That's (laughs) why—no, they don't. They don't, and that's why they're not happy in what their life is. If they'd followed the purpose God had for them solely— uh, they would be much, much happier than they are on their own. They're chasing the wrong things. They're going after money and fame and all that kind of stuff. It's chase fulfillment, satisfaction, hope, love, those kinds of things.
0: It is perhaps the freakiest question to ask yourself, what is it God wants me to do with my life? There's, there's no question. You know, in every show, uh, I bring up this statistic. In Pinellas County alone, there's about 950,000 people. And if on Sunday morning, every church was filled to capacity, and you both know they're not. But if they were, there'd still be 700,000 people that don't go to church. There's no room for them. But on Monday morning, they go to work. Most of them go to work. Yet why is it that the Christian business people, why is it they, they struggle to realize that, that their workplace is the largest mission field in the world?
2: They tend to be, and a lot of people I know that go to church, tend to do it like this. Okay, I went on Sunday and I checked the box, and now I'm done. Or we have what we call the CEO's. Christmas and Easter only, okay? And that's when they feel. I know a lot of people that are registered at church simply because they need some place to die someday, all right? And they have no, that's true. They (laughs) just they're they're registered so they can have a funeral someday. That's all it's about. They don't have that personal connection to God. You need to be having a running dialogue of prayer throughout the day with God before you really know Him and He knows you. It's not about attending a service once a week for an hour only. That's important. It's significant. It's how we share it together as a community. But your walk with God should be
1: 24-7-365. And we also have to keep in mind that you are important to God. Mm-hmm. He, he fearfully and wonderfully made you. You are important. And if you have a conversation with God and you tell him, say, hey, help me find my purpose. I guarantee he will help you find your purpose. Yeah, he always will answer that question. He'll also the answer the question to those,
0: those people seeking him out. Those, those of you that are out there going, I'm not sure if I'm a Christ follower or not. If you ask God to reveal himself to you. He will. Yes, he will. He will answer that prayer every time because those that seek him will find him. You know, I'm going to move on because we're running out of time. You know, Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. What is it that's confusing about that verse for a Christ follower to understand that? Whatever you are doing, you're supposed to work at it as if you're working for the Lord Jesus. What is so confusing about that verse?
2: I think it's fairly simple that we live in a very, very secular society where God is being pushed out of the way in as many different ways as possible. If you go on the internet, if you go on television, you go watch anything. You're bombarded with images that are completely ungodly, okay? And, and you don't have the opportunity to every day, moment to moment, as you're staring at bills and if you, as you're dealing with issues, to think about that you are a child of God, that you sit firmly in His hand, Not enough people spend enough time in that real commune with God on a regular basis. And because of that, they drift away and they don't realize the values of a day-to-day life with God.
1: One of the things you have to understand with that verse as well, that you are a steward. And if you understand that you are a steward and you're working for the Lord and you're not working for that employer, because many of us, truth be told, we don't make enough money on our jobs in the first place, but our bills stay paid, our lights stay on, we still have water and the good Lord makes a way. So we have to keep in mind that we are a steward in everything that we do that God's provided for us.
0: You know, one of the questions uh, that we've got to ask is, you know, how do we know if we should stay in business or as an employee or going to full-time paid ministry like a pastor like pete and fred are and that's one of the questions that is answered by the book halftime and we're going to go move into the segment sponsored by caris christian books and gifts my beautiful wife martha runs the bookstore inside the first baptist church of indian rocks right there in ulmerton in largo and she got a couple of books we're going to highlight today and Half Time's one of them and halftime written by bob buford it is the book that made the hugest impact on my life as a 37 year old i read that book and it identified hey do i want to chase after success the rest of my life do i want do I want to make a lot of money? Do I want to be famous or do I want to make a difference? Do I want to have significance in my life? And I recommend that you get this book because this book made a huge impact to my life. Again, it's Halftime by Bob Buford. And you can get it at Karis Christian Books and Gifts, shopcaris.com The other book is a book by Henry Blackaby, and it's his sequel to Experiencing God. And the book is called Called and Accountable. And it answers the questions. Who are the called? Why does God call us? What is a call? Those questions are answered by the book, but if you're really seeking out what is your call in Christ, then those are books that you really need to check out. So so guys, as I am constantly looking at in this, this show, I'm looking for... Uh, just the challenge that, to go out there. And, and how do you know if you should stay in, in business as an employee versus going to the full-time ministry? Well, you guys both work different jobs and are in ministry. Is that, is that pretty common? It is pretty
2: common. You have to
0: try to have a mix. You can't relate
2: or be able to mentor somebody who's got a job if you don't have a job, too. You know, you need to be able to be relatable to everybody. And one of the ways to do that is to then be in that secular world still, but still be a man of God at the same time.
1: Let your light shine wherever you
0: go. That's right. Listen, I want to thank you guys for being here on the show with me today, both Pete O'Shea, the famous Pete O'Shea, and Pastor Fred Hinton. It is uh, fantastic to have you guys here. You know, next week we're going to be talking about uh, talking with Ken Jackson with Saul Plumbing and Design, hearing his testimony and how God used adversity to shape his life and chase uh, have, encourage Ken to chase after Him. Thanks to listening uh, for for this show today. I want to spe- put a special thanks out to Platinum Information Services for closing out our advertising today. That's my that's the company I work for. If you want to find out more about that, email. Me at Jim at iWorkForHim.com. You can find all our shows in recorded form on WTIS1110.com. Please check out my website, iWorkForHim.com. I am a Christ follower. I also own my own business, and I'm an employee. I work for Him.